0: your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. As if they don't have too much on their place. The Kings of Combat Sports Podcast trying to Talk about the things they did that day. I'll analyze the
1: work of Vince and Triple H. We wanna smack down. We wanna smack down, 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 we want to smack down. Hello everybody, and welcome to Rewind to SmackDown. It's John Pollock and Wei Ting with you. SummerSlam week is over. The WWE is completed four consecutive nights at the Scotiabank Arena and Right at the end of it all was SmackDown and 205 Live, which we will have reviews of. And one person who is there live is here on the line with us. Way, how are you? Doing all right. How are you doing, John? Uh, I'm doing doing well. Uh, You got to go live tonight to watch SmackDown. And then on your way home, uh, I watched 205 Live. So I thought we could get into some of that. Um, I... I think it was a good idea that you left before 205 Live because I imagine you didn't bring a winter jacket, uh, which you may have needed because there was absolutely no heat in the building after 10 o'clock p.m. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, by this
0: point, I think it's it's somewhat to be expected, but there was certainly a bit of an exodus and uh, after the end of SmackDown. Uh, but really, SmackDown was uh, a show where I would say the arena was... Um, certainly not uh more than half uh but you know like the way i would describe it is if you took took a took a look at the lower bowl basically it was sort of like a j that was filled you know obviously the the hard camera side and then maybe even extending a, a bit more but then uh everything from i guess the side of the where the actual hard camera actually existed to um you know the stage which seemed to Mm cover like, you know, the other third of, of the bowl um was pretty empty. So it
1: was um I mean, but it sounded loud actually during SmackDown itself. Yeah, it it didn't seem like a um like a non enthusiastic crowd on television. This is also the last time they're ever going to have to do it in this format with Smackdown closing out the weekend because come Survivor Series, Smackdown will kick off the weekend. That's right. So I think that will help SmackDown being that it's starting and not ending the show and, or ending the weekend and having raw as the fourth night. I think that inevitably, I think that's actually going to help with SmackDown being kind of the last big push for the pay-per-view and yeah, kicking things off. I think it's just going to be a, a better setup than these four night shows where SmackDown is kind of the one where the party's kind of ended and it's, whoever still has some more wrestling in them to go check out. The after party really is
0: raw. And I mean, after the after party, where else is there.
1: Yeah. Every, everyone's left at this point. The party is over. Well, we are going to get into all of that stuff and we'll get uh ways live thoughts throughout the show. Uh, but tonight way, we are going to be giving away our post wrestling prize pack. So I thought we could kick things off with our big draw among our Post Wrestling Cafe members. Are you ready to give away some free stuff to start off the show? More than ready. Yeah. Let's All right. Do it. Let us uh, go into uh, the deep bag of names. If you are a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, you are eligible in the straw each and every Tuesday night to win a prize pack courtesy of store.postwrestling.com. So as we spin the wheel and we go in and we select the name, the winner is. Congratulations to,
0: let me, (laughs) okay, Um, I'm going to do my best to (laughs) read this name, please do not uh, crucify me, Joe, nailed it, Um, D-Y-C-K, can can you read it for me, John,
1: D-Y-C-K, Dyke, Sure. Congratulations. Uh you win a, a, a t shirt from the post wrestling store. Wouldn't wouldn't the C be uh be uh I, I'm actually gonna look and see if we can get a pronunciation here. On uh it's uh <laughs> it's
0: never just like John Smith on one of these things. It's always it's always something that uh <laughs> this is how you know it's completely random because I I don't think I would randomly or I, I would
1: purposefully choose a Anyway. Well, congratulations, Joe. You are the winner. (laughs) And please let us know how to pronounce your name. Uh, We apologize if we got it wrong. All right. Well, if you're a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, there's always next week and the week after that. We went over all of our shows this week. It's a little bit of a different schedule here at Post Wrestling this week. On Wednesday, we're going to be releasing our Post Wrestling Live in Toronto show from this past Sunday. That will be available for all members of the cafe. You can either watch it as a video or download it as a podcast. So that's coming on Wednesday. Thursday, Braden and Davey are going to be back with Up Next. And we're going to have a special interview with WWE referee Daryl Sharma, who you would have seen on 205 Live tonight, refereeing the main event and... Uh, some of the other matches as well. So that will be there in place of the Cafe Hangout. We are off this week from the Cafe Hangout, but we will be returning next week. So stay tuned on that front. Friday, we've got Rewind Away returning with a review of UFC 189. We'll be joined by our Espresso executive producer, Eric Marcote, to chat. Conor McGregor versus Chad Mendez from July of 2015, a card that Away Took in live. Uh, he was covering that event. So we're gonna discuss all of that, plus the fight of the year between Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald that year. Quite the one-two punch at UFC 189 from International Fight Week that year. This coming weekend, two editions of Cruel Summer will be out. We've got uh, we're all the way up to 2013. Rich Crage from Voices of Wrestling will join WH on Saturday to chat the final between Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tatuya Naito, and then 2014. Joey Bay is back to chat with WH about Kazuchika Okada, Shinsuke Nakamura from the Cebu Dome in 2014. And TBA on another weekend show, correct? I think so. Um, Yeah. All right. Stay tuned, everyone, at the edge of your seats. Lots of great stuff up at postwrestling.com. We also have all of our stuff from the weekend. NXT TakeOver post show with Brayden, Davey. Uh, we had MJ... Jesse from The Six, Scrump. It was uh, quite the post-show on Saturday night from them. And then me and Way have a review of SummerSlam, uh, a very brief review of Raw from Monday night. Uh, tonight's will be much more detailed, I promise.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Although, I, I mean, I didn't hear too many complaints about the Raw review last night.
1: No, I didn't either. So, thank you, everybody, for... Some uh,
0: people telling us that it was actually a great opportunity for us to do a drunk review.
1: Oh, well... uh I was uh I was more so exhausted by Monday night than anything. I I totally hit a wall as we were done that that show. I think the last like, couple of days it all like hit me today. I was exhausted as I sat down to watch Smackdown tonight. I was like I I need a break from this. So Wednesday Wednesday is my break day. Yeah, likewise. Yep. All right, let's get into a few news items because there was a, quite a bit of it. Uh we have the first round matches announced for the Super J Cup. They have put out. So we are going to get on the first night in Tacoma, Washington. Soberano Jr. versus Rocky Romero, Caristico versus Bushi, Dragon Lee versus Yo, Jonathan Gresham versus Ryusuke Taguchi, El Fantasmo versus Robbie Eagles, Clark Connors versus TJP, Show versus Taiji Ishimori, and the main event on the first night: Will Osprey versus Amazing Red. Oh, awesome. That sounds that that card sounds fantastic. The matches I just listed, that that is all on that first night in Tacoma. Yeah. Like what an awesome card they're getting in Tacoma. And I'm sure the uh the following cards you're going to get, obviously the tournament matches, you're going to get Liger on all three of these nights. And then I mean even if, if Red loses to Osprey, which I think everyone assumes, you'll probably get Red in some unique tags and stuff on the second and third nights.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um can you see a possibility of that outcome not happening.
1: There's always the chance you could do some kind of upset. Just because Osprey, I, I don't, I don't see it happening. I'd, I'd say it's like a ninety percent chance that Will Osprey is winning that match. But um, it would certainly get a big reaction if Red won. He's going to be the sentimental favorite, but I think ultimately his value is going to be having a kick ass match with Will Osprey, which it's going to be really hard not to. So I think that it's that's going to be the value is those two just tearing down the house. And maybe this tournament is going to be reds official retirement after he announced it earlier this year, because this would be pretty hard to pass up. Osprey really wanted this. And I I think it's a cool showcase for amazing red, who is someone that uh, doesn't always get that spotlight in, unless you were kind of in that scene in the, the two thousands where he was such a big influence on so many people and gets to at least have a little bit of a, if this is not his send off, something close to it. Any update on uh, where people could watch it? Okay, so I have inquired about the Super Jacob and I've not heard back yet. For Royal Quest, uh, which we will go through the card, Royal Quest is now going to be airing on Fight TV Live. And I was told that the commentary team that night on August 31st is going to be Kevin Kelly and Gino Gambino. So you can order it on Fight, but as of right now, both the Jacob and royal quest are going to be on new japan world on tape delay sometime after they air which seems crazy in 2019 i know it maybe we sound spoiled but that's it's just expected now that such big cards like this should be live especially royal quest which is an enormous show for them
0: yeah i mean this card looks absolutely tremendous and i think it would obviously carry a whole lot of interest for uh any new japan fan um uh, I have to imagine maybe it's some technical limitation, um, that that's preventing them, or it could be contractual. I I really don't know. Um, if for for what it's worth, uh, Chris Charlton has tweeted that Royal Quest will be broadcast on World in, in September, in September, as
1: will the Super J Cup. Yeah. So so here's here's my question, Wei. You're a consumer. You have New Japan World. You pay for it monthly. Royal Quest is a big show. You want to see it. Are you ordering it on Fight TV on August 31st and paying 24.99 for the show? I'm not. I don't think
0: so. Um I mean, listen, if I hear wow, Okada versus Suzuki is a much m- must-see match of the year type of thing, maybe I'll change my mind. Uh if I've got nothing to do on that particular evening, I have friends coming over. Yeah, okay, maybe I'll 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 pay 25 bucks for it, but otherwise, you know, I guess it, it it's 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 more of a I'll 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 wait to see uh you know if I,
1: I whatever it comes out now remember this is August thirty first so this is the day of all out so Royal Quest will be at twelve thirty uh, just afternoon twelve thirty p.m. Eastern time and NXT UK Takeover is that same day probably around three o'clock I believe is the start time of that and this Royal Quest show is also going head to head with the CM Punk thing at Starcast so this is a crazy day um and i think a lot of people are probably going to skip on royal quest that are new japan subscribers and they're going to watch takeover instead because 24.99 when i'm already getting new japan world i can see a lot of people being annoyed by that
0: yeah yeah um it's and you know not to mention i think uh uh all out is going to cost a bit as well on your your pay-per-view wallet so um, you know that said though, if you're doing a full day of wrestling with the, your group of friends uh, and you want re- like live wrestling all day, maybe this is something that you would consider. Uh, everybody chipping in to to pay for this one show so, so that you could get get a head start on on your
1: drinking day, watching wrestling. That sounds. I don't know fun. what we're gonna do that day. We're gonna have to uh, divide and conquer that day. It's gonna be a lot of stuff. Um, the Royal Quest card has also been released, so. You know, We speculated on what would be on this card. Everyone knew that it would be Hiroshi Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. That match is happening for the British heavyweight title with Zack defending. The main event will be Kazuchika Okada and Minoru Suzuki for the IWGP title. On top of that, this one was surprising to me. Tomohiro Ishii defending the never-openweight title against Kenta. Mm -hmm. I thought for sure this one would be saved and not thrown on the Royal Quest show. But that tells you how big of a show this is for New Japan. This is as, as... big as any of their like big shows uh,
0: i think as big as certainly as big as you know uh what they gave the msg uh, i mean they gave an okada title win on, at msg so i can't necessarily say it was um it's more important but certainly on paper it looks as good this is um, like a sumo hall show for them yeah and i think it looks almost as good as the dallas show the first night right you know um, so there, it's not really, you know, your, your run of the mill, like, Oh, here's some, uh, here's a bunch of rep pro guys. And, and here, here are a, a couple new Japan guys. This feels like a real attempt at giving a serious show to uh, a market that I think has been craving uh,
1: a serious new Japan show for a long time. Uh, in addition to those three title matches, the Gorillas of Destiny defend the IWGP tag titles against the winners of the Road to Royal Quest tournament that Rev Pro is currently running. And then we've got the underneath matches with Tatuya Naito and Sonata against Jay White and Chase Owens. Will Ospreay teaming with Robbie Eagles against Taiji Shimori and El Fantasmo, Yujiro and Hikuleo versus Kota Ibushi and Juice Robinson. And Rocky Romero and Rapongi 3K versus Ryusuke Taguchi, Shota Umino, and Ren Narita. And of course... Um, uh John Moxley obviously was never going to be involved with this because of all out that day and also not knowing 100% if um what Moxley's ability is in the UK we know what th- his stance is uh, in terms of the US but the UK uh that's that's kind of unknown but it's irrelevant because obviously he's on the all out card that night I have to
0: imagine you know with I think AEW uh claiming to you know take UK as a very serious market with uh, great TV coverage, of course, but also, you know, vowing to do live events there. I have to imagine maybe it would be similar to the U.S., but who knows what what he
1: worked out in his contract. Right. Um, I know that uh, a lot of people have been asking about AEW in Canada on TV, and while I don't know the specifics, I've been told that they have a plan for Canada. It's obviously a very important market for them, and all I've been kind of informed is like when the show starts, like Canadians are gonna have some way to be able to watch it. It's just not knowing what that outlet is going to be, if they're gonna have a deal in place or if they're going to have uh something else. But it looks like it's not gonna be a case where Canadians are shut out come October the fourth. Is that suggesting that it might be
0: streaming on on a platform
1: like uh BR Live? Or... I would I would have to imagine so, yeah. I would right. I would think that certainly be our live would be the one I would assume, which you can get in Canada. And so I said, October 4th, that's SmackDown October 2nd for the TNT debut. But you know, the UK and Canada, that's like at the top behind the U S like those are, their big countries that they want to make sure this show is available. in. so it, it seems like one way or another, you'll be able to watch it. It's just a question of whether there will be a television deal in place by then.
0: And I suppose other markets without, um, AEW television, I wonder if we could expect a a similar response.
1: I I would think so. Like we've, we've seen AEW, they have the relationship with fight TV. That's always an option. Just if you want to make the show available to as many people as possible, Um, that's always a backup you can do for regions that don't have BR live. Mm Hmm. So Moving on from there, we also, we talked about the King of the Ring tournament last night. The update on that tournament, it is a 16-man tournament, and it's not going to just be on next week's Raw. It looks like it's going to take place over the next month, leading up to um, the Wrestling Observer reporting. The finals will be at the Clash of Champions pay-per-view, and we've got the full list here of the 16 men involved. The Miz, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Samoa Joe, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Kevin Owens, Ali, Apollo Cruz, Chad Gable, Elias Andrade, Buddy Murphy, and Shelton Benjamin. Um, great list of names,
0: honestly. I think um there's no certainly no shortage of, of incredible talent um within the WWE, especially in the mid card that you know this this tournament seems to be showcasing. The real question, of course, is what types of matches are these several talents going to be able to have on television? Um, how how much time will they be given? Uh I I would say that really is the bigger question. Um, whether or not the qual I think, you know, tournaments can be very effective, but especially when it comes to like twenty nineteen, this is really a chance for WWE to like let this group of talent have great matches on TV. Let them go, like ten ten minutes. I mean if it calls for it at least, you know, ten fifteen minutes with just like bangers you know that aren't interrupted with shenanigans uh weird commercial breaks uh, just you know it's a, it's a chance for them to have really solid matches and to i think reclaim that that demographic of the audience that just seems to have been pretty disappointed in terms of engineering quality
1: yeah it's certainly the lineup it looks promising given that like some of the quality guys you have it seems that it's you know with some minor exceptions like you could get some really hot matches out of this uh is there anyone now that we know the 16 men of anyone that stands out for you well yeah this could
0: really help i think you can probably cross out like i would say a good i don't know 60 70 of these participants certainly on the smackdown side of things i don't see people like apollo cruz chad gable um uh, buddy murphy or shelton benjamin having any type of or elias having any type of uh you know hope but maybe a name like andrade is is would be perfect for Something like this.
1: Kevin. That Ow- would work for for Andrade. I, yeah. I thought of Kevin Owens, the idea of him winning this, and then you've got the king of the ring versus the best in the world, and that gets you through this next pay-per-view cycle and to hell in a cell like we've thought that this could ultimately end with Shane and Owens. That would work well for him on the Raw side of things. I don't see The
0: Miz winning. Uh, I don't really see Cedric winning. Um, Drew McIntyre, definitely a maybe. Yeah, Baron Corbin, no. Uh, Sami Zayn, no. Cesaro, I don't think so either. So, you know, Joe? The way they treat Joe, I doesn't tell me that they they would give. Eh, it would be awesome, but I just, especially with what he's got going on right now, sort sort of in this like weird tweener phase. I don't really see it with him. But what about Ricochet?
1: I could see if the brackets we we haven't gotten brackets yet, but if it's kind of the raw the raw bracket and the SmackDown bracket, and then we get the finals at the pay per view, I could see Raw coming down to Drew versus Ricochet. And then the winner advancing. I, I I see those as my two picks I would isolate on Raw. And then SmackDown. I like Andrade now that you bring that name up. Owens was the one I thought of first. And then Ali as well. Those would be kind of the three. I really hope this is not a vehicle for Baron Corbin. Because <laughs> I could very well see it being, yeah, Ken can, he Corbin. Be, can he go to the finals at least? Can he be the Jay White? Of this of absolutely Darker. he could because you could do the stupid comedy that we were lamenting last night that could be baron corbin's role and if you're going to make this just to be a punchline at the end of it and a new character for baron corbin who's been off tv for a month i could definitely see that happening so i certainly don't rule out baron corbin winning this entire thing or at least teasing that he'll go to the final before you do a serious winner and you could do Owens and Corbin or something at the end.
0: King Corbin, I'm sad to say, does have a dice ring to it. I hope the it does not come to fruition, however. Uh but you know, I like the discussion. I like that we're even kind of talking about a WWE, you know, uh tournament as if it was like a real sporting event for once.
1: Um so let's see how they how they actually conduct the the actual event. Yeah, let's let's see where they go. Um Pro Wrestling Sheets, Ryan Satin had a report out on Tuesday that Recently, the WWE re-signed Roman Reigns to a new contract, and I mean, not a whole lot to discuss here. Other than, um, now, this could have been a case where his deal was going to be up in a while, and they just wanted to renew now. But think of what this guy, like, we're hearing about all these uh, raises that guys are getting. What is a Roman Reigns worth today versus 18 months ago? Certainly, yeah, I well, hope this guy cashed out in this contract because he should have gotten one of the most lucrative deals in wrestling history. Can you help me understand this? so was his contract up, or was it just uh, i I don't know, I don't know if this was a k i i would I would think we would have heard if Roman's deal was coming up very soon. I think right. that would have been a big discussion. I would guess that they're just looking at all the contracts, and when you're hearing the terms that they're trying to get guys locked in for five years, I'm sure a Roman reigns, they're ready to sit down throw out the old deal and renew at a longer term just so everybody is locked in and he would be right near the top of your list and i i think he would be paid accordingly i think it would whatever he would make would certainly be a benchmark for
0: you know what the ceiling might be uh in 2019 for a wwe performer um for a non-brock performer non-brock you know maybe maybe you throw in john cena maybe randy orton i i, I you know i can't really speak to to all that but um
1: obviously roman would be near the top. And the final thing here just looking at the numbers from Monday night, Raw did very well this week. 2,729,000 viewers. That's up 10% from last week and if you take out the Raw reunion which was an aberration, this was their highest number since the night after WrestleMania. Uh peaked in the second hour with uh more than 2.8 million viewers. Um they did drop a bit in the third hour but it was um you know, from start to finish, it was, it was not that bad of a drop at all from hour one to hour three. And then following it was the debut of straight up Steve Austin. That did 1,221,000 viewers, which uh, is better than what the Miz and Misses is doing after SmackDown. But this also has a stronger lead in with Raw than SmackDown. But I, I, would, I would view that as a, as a pretty good number for the Austin show on USA and a really good number for Raw coming off of SummerSlam. Does the number surprise you for RAW, and and what do you attribute it to? It it does somewhat surprise me. They have not always had, um, you know. Of late, I've been looking at the night after pay per views, and there's been months where the the bump that they get off a pay per view is is not that big, and they got a huge one here. And you know, it was it was a number that it it topped any of the other numbers that they've done since since April. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was somewhat surprised, but it was. I think it was a fairly well-received show on, on Sunday and it is a bigger pay-per-view than most. So uh, I think that helped and we'll see if the king of the ring is a draw for people next week. I think that they, that was one good thing about you had this, this audience and you did set them up for something next week that has some nostalgia attached to it. And maybe they will at least get a bit of a number next week. And certainly the ad on Monday, it, Kind of was confusing. Like you would have thought The King of the Ring was going to be a one night show just based on that ad, but it looks like it's going to be just the start of the tournament Monday. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So there we go. Um anything else to no. to get to, Wade? Uh, no, I, I we, mean uh, um No. No. Let's get to the let's get to the show. All right. Toronto, Ontario. The Scotia Bank Arena was the site of SmackDown on Tuesday night. Uh before the jo- show, John, there was a one dark match,
0: and that was Uh, Andrade taking on Ali, and it was a pretty quick match, less than 10 minutes. Um, Neither guy really taking too much risk, but we saw at the end here, Ali went for 450, which he uh, landed on his feet and rolled through because Andrade uh, got up and avoided it. Andrade went for a hammerlock DDT, but Ali tripped him up into a roll-up and actually pinned him. So, Ali pinned Andrade here. Was this
1: an unofficial King of the Ring first-round match? Well, uh, if you want it to be sure. It was a King of the Ring warm-up match, maybe a qualifier. Well, but they're both in, aren't they? So. They're both in. The show started off with Kevin Owens, who came out to a thunderous reception. Mm-hmm.
0: It
1: How was. big was this in comparison to anyone else on the show? I think he was the the, the loudest. Uh, it was certainly. Um, it was between him and I would say the RKO for loudest reaction. Oh wow! He gets into the ring and Owens just lets the crowd go, keeps the chant going. And he says that yesterday, on Monday, was the five-year anniversary that he signed his WWE contract. And he talks about being in this ring with people he respects, some of the greatest of all time. But on Sunday, he was in the ring with a guy who calls himself the best in the world, which is not the case. And he's going to remember SummerSlam for a long time because his family, his children, his parents, they were all there ringside to watch him. And he mentions kicking Shane in the balls and delivering the stunner that he will remember forever. And now will set his sights on the king of the ring, which is a concept he loved growing up. And it would mean just as much to win this tournament as the titles he has won in the past. So really putting over the tournament here. He and did a great job. Uh, not just, you know, putting over his own victory on
0: Sunday, but promoting this tournament and really kind of making it feel like it was really important.
1: Yeah, and then it was interesting. He was listing off past winners, and it was interesting to see who he built up to. He went with Austin, Angle, Edge, Bret Hart, Mabel, and then the last Mm -hmm. one was Owen Hart. And it got – what it looked like Owen got the biggest response. Absolutely. I guess if we're going to compare, like, uh, big
0: reactions, I mean, I think Owen's name got as much as as Kevin Owens, it seemed. Um, And really interesting because – I mean, Brett certainly is, you know, the the most uh, famous uh, Canadian wrestler, but maybe Owen is the most beloved and especially coming from Kevin Owens, because I think much of this audience knows the, the personal significance to Kevin Owens naming himself and also his child after Owen Hart. I think it, it added that much more sentimentality to it. And again, really put over this tournament as something really important at the very least for Kevin Owens, because winning a tournament like this would bring him that much
1: closer to his idol. I, I definitely would, would see Owens being someone that could benefit the most from winning this uh, for the feud with Shane, and then he gets to proclaim himself as whatever, Man, the king. I, I just, the way they treat their baby faces, I just don't see it. Maybe not. Shane McMahon interrupts and calls it a tainted victory on Sunday. Everyone starts chanting asshole, and Shane has the quip, there is no reason to call Owens that. He was very funny. Like, he made everybody laugh. Um, I think he's hilarious. They showed footage of Owens kicking him low behind the referee's back, and he asks Owens if he really is a man. And Owens is not going to be lectured by someone who used to be part of something called the Mean Street Posse. And he's a man because he stands up for what he believes in, and he will do whatever it takes to win. Shane says he's a cheater. And he wants to beat the crap out of Owens, but he's going to restrain himself tonight. And they air footage of the chair shots delivered to Elias. And Shane has given Elias the night off. And there will be no 24-7 title defense, which was all a lie here. And he sa- he says that Elias was, a, was an official <laughs> in that match at SummerSlam. The crowd, at this point, starts chanting boring. And it leads he, up... He just kept going on and on. Yeah, this was a long winded promo at the end and he announces that he is fining owens a hundred thousand dollars and owens just has this giant reaction to this figure and you almost are getting ready for owens to just like like he's being sarcastic and he's just gonna laugh at shane but no he was very concerned with this this level of fine he says that's a new car to you but that's a lot of money to me to my family my children's college fund, and Shane is not going to reconsider this and also says that Owens will be in action tonight. So my question to you, Way, is that there Owens is presented here as the everyman, but yeah. at the same time, I'm never a fan of the baby faces having to be concerned about money. <sighs> well, listen, uh, remember
0: when Owens came back? Like, we saw those weird vignettes of him, like... I don't know.
1: Oh, I know that th- this is his character. Or... I
0: understand why they did this here. It was like to me, but you have to re- imagine this is like Vince Vince McMahon's idea of what the common person is. This is what the Kevin Owens character seems to be right now. He's somebody who uh, fumbles his popcorn or whatever. Um, what was this? Doesn't doesn't know how to shoot in selfie mode? Like what was what the fuck did he do? Like back then, he did a bunch
1: of the, the things you listed
0: and. You know, uh, the average person would look at a $100,000 fine as crippling, um, life-changing, absolutely. So I think this was just, like, another real attempt at explaining that, hey, like, he's like us. He's, I don't want to say poor, but, you know, closer to being poor than certainly Shane McMahon is. You don't like it, though.
1: I, 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 Owens, I can understand... The thinking of doing this, and it's not even so much a specific Owens thing. I just think that you don't, you don't. If they did this with a it's Shawn I, Michaels and the the stock market, oh, they did Shawn and the stock market. They did this with Big Show. It's it's the idea that these guys make make so little that they are just grateful to be working for this company. Well, Why was well, Owens willing to quit his job the night before? He was willing to leave all this. He's in no financial. Uh, state of affairs to be quitting his job um <laughs> he literally just put his career on the line okay, to well, get to shane mean. mcmahon and was willing to uh, the man is clearly not of financial sound uh security he needs this <laughs> well, job listen, that's what this was that he needs to work for shane mcmahon but this is where the figure uh, i think had to be i'm sure carefully
0: thought out uh, before deciding that it was set to be a hundred thousand dollars yeah what the is- benchmark is
1: now lars sullivan
0: uh, I guess so. Sure. Yeah. And I guess you can argue about uh, credibility of that particular fine, too. But anyway, um, $100,000 is a point where I think uh, even if, like, listen, $100,000 would, would just ruin somebody on average, like you and I, for life, potentially. But to Kevin Owens, it hurts, but it doesn't cripple him. And and I think that's, you know, that's the th- that's the number that they they determine that, you know, a superstar will be hurt by this, but won't be ruined by it. And, and therefore,
1: they are still above, I think, you know, your average uh, working class human being. I just think this exact segment could have been done. You could have done the fine. You could have done the broken TV, but you didn't need Owens to respond in such a way that this will break him financially. He can just be pissed. He should be pissed. It doesn't it's... break him financially. It just like, it just stings. You know, he said it's uh, that figure affects my family. My children's college fund. They'll still have
0: a college fund. It's just probably take Kevin Owens a few more years to, to make that money.
1: Well, backstage Owens approaches Shane in his office. And what a, what a set that Shane Owens office consisted of. He had the entire Toronto skyline. As part of his set dressing. I mean, clearly this was like the like a Leafs
0: or Raptors, some type of office back there or dressing room.
1: He also had a TV that went to black as Owens threw a stool at it to say, why don't you just make the fine 105? So yeah, 100 like... grand hurts him, but five? Five is just chump change. He's fine. Well, after 100,000, five. What does it matter, right? Well, that's the idea, right? Yeah, I this the one definitely stung me. It reminded me of my laptop that I'm gonna get fetched. Oh, that's right. You you went through this too. Was it was it what is was it a stool that got thrown at your laptop? Yes, yes. yes. I was fighting everybody hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> um
0: you know, throughout this whole thing, my nephew who I was uh, watching the show with, he just kept asking, Are these two going to fight? And I had to explain like the concept of, you know, well before they fight, on every wrestling show there's about twenty minutes of talking. And then at the end of the month they might fight, so it was. <laughs> listen to somebody watching wrestling brand new like this was definitely strange. Like what are we doing? Like I'm going. Let's go see. Let's go see the sporting event where they talk for twenty minutes and then uh, they don't fight here, but they fight about a month later
1: on Monday night. I had to explain how how they win to our bartender. Yes, or how, do, how do these contests end? Yeah, explain. Did you have to explain what a pinfall was? Uh, No, I think they understood that. Okay. Charlotte Flair versus Ember Moon was our first match. Uh, The entrances were not on TV. They were just in the ring after the break. And yeah, so, I mean, I have some, you know, maybe maybe people would find this somewhat
0: interesting for those of you who maybe haven't been out to a WWE taping in a while, but they, they come out, and then the lights dim. Uh, That's when, you know, everybody, or at least I realize they're still in commercial. So... They do their entrances, lights dim, and then they show the backstage segment on the screen, which was Owens oh, and Shane here. Oh yeah, do, doing the, the 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 TV break, and then the lights come back on, and they get into the match. Which I get it, you're you know you you want to chop out the entrances just to kind of give more uh, content time. but man, the pacing is odd, you know, because like you, Charlotte comes out, Ember comes out, these grand entrances, they look so cool, you're ready to see them fight, but then like. Goes to Black. You watch Shane and Owens. And then comes back from Black. And they just get into the match. Definitely it takes the anticipation away from it. But again, this is the limitations, I suppose, of doing a TV show. And um, again, I was fully reminded, again, that what you see here right. is the production of a TV show. And less, I would say, live sporting event.
1: Right. Um, so they go to the floor and there was one strange spot here where ember went for a dive and charlotte cut her off with a forearm from the floor but didn't quite hit the forearm so ember didn't bother selling it and just decided to run the ropes uh ignoring the partial forearm and then drop kick charlotte through the rope um they went through a commercial charlotte applied a boston crab and this seemed to uh, uh, elicit a chant of y2j uh because of its uh the walls uh technique that she was using
0: yeah people um i guess looking for any excuse to cheer a canadian here um at one point did you see the dragon sleeper the
1: dragon sleeper yeah Uh,
0: must have been during commercial but um, i don't think so yeah so anyway man like again this was another part where like i'm watching these matches and boy is it obvious whenever they're in commercial break because the stalling here was just like so long um but we did get a dragon sleeper, which to this audience really doesn't mean all that much. The guy behind us was saying how Ember should really <laughs> came brilliant. John, I think you should send this to to Sonata. Guy says Ember could escape this move by licking her armpit. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Toronto sports fans. Yeah, there was uh, also like kind of like a messed up sunset flip. Uh, but you know,
1: I guess it doesn't matter because it was all during commercial. Uh, They brought up Sasha Banks on commentary, wondering what Charlotte thinks of her old rival's return. Moon then comes back at a discus forearm, and throughout this, Charlotte had been working on her left knee, so Ember's working with one leg, and then she hits a code breaker out of the corner, so maybe she was playing to the Chris Jericho audience. Uh, Moon then got yanked off the top by her hair. uh, Charlotte missed the spear in the corner. Moon then rebounded uh, with a cover, but Charlotte kicks out, big boot, figure eight, on the bad knee and ember moon is forced to tap uh as charlotte did the bridge i i thought that this came off other than the the forearm that was kind of off but not terrible um i thought this came off as a much better than ember's match with bailey but i would say maybe the commercial free edition of, of the match maybe lowered it
0: absolutely and that was the case for me throughout the entire show like um just to me like watching this live the biggest impression I have coming out of it was how much stalling there was, and obviously that's because there was a three-minute commercial in between. But this is all just to say I don't even really blame them. But I, again, this is all just a reminder that if you're going to watch one of these TV tapings, like don't expect like really hot matches. At least like not a match like this. Like expect three minutes of just like holding here, and and you know it got to a point where I just felt like Charlotte wasn't even breaking a sweat towards the end like it felt like a tai chi type of you know stalling before getting going for the last uh you know two minutes type of performance but it's also i guess part of the art of producing tv making sure that you're not getting too injured and not wasting i guess energy and wasting bumps on that bump card for stuff that's not going to be broadcast sure um just you know not that exciting
1: yeah, and I mean, we, we talk about it at times, like, crowds, like, kind of hitting a wall during shows, and, I mean, th- th- when, when you go to a live show and you see this, um, you, you can understand why crowds kind of, g- it's, it's a marathon at times.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this was certainly better than just, you know, um, doing the whole reset thing where, like, they don't do anything at all, um, but I, I can't say it was a good match, not, not because of, of all the other stuff I saw.
1: They recapped all of the Roman Reigns stuff with with Buddy Murphy last week. And then Daniel Bryan and Rowan come out and they say that someone is out to get Roman Reigns. But they had nothing to do with the car accident or the backstage accident. They were falsely accused by Buddy Murphy. He is a liar. And all you people would, would lie too if Roman Reigns was coming after you. So he doesn't blame Buddy Murphy because he had to give Roman a name. But unfortunately, he gave him the wrong name. And the crowd chants, it was you. And Brian says, this is what's wrong in society. Lies get spread on social media, and then they become truth. And tonight, they will prove that they had nothing to do with it. And Daniel Bryan was the star of this show. Oh, he was amazing. Absolutely
0: amazing. And I love that he was able, once the crowd started chanting, it was you. I don't know if this was an ad lib or not, but Brian just, just like yells at the crowd, you think it was me? which elicits of course for Daniel Bryan a yes chant. So whether or not you yeah. know, that was uh, you know uh, um kind of designed beforehand, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um somehow the environmentalist Daniel Bryan who in this heel run has been able to kind of hit on so many I would say political hot hot button issues has turned this like murder angle into a reason to criticize social media usage and the spreading of misinformation. Um I thought this was awesome. Whoever's been like helping him like come up with this stuff, whether it be him or, or other people uh, having a hand in it,
1: I, I this was a great segment, and his performance was excellent. He's moved on to the real toxic waste out there. Twitter. Yes. This guy's going to be a baby face in my eyes in mere minutes. Shane is uh, backstage. He's got his busted television set, and Sarah Schreiber asks him, who is Kevin Owens going to face tonight? And Shane complains about him having a temper tantrum like a six-year-old. And on cue, Samoa Joe walks in, and he's going to show Owens who the real badass is, and he's going to respect authority. So Samoa Joe, it's, uh, I guess, uh, the brand split means a personality split for him because he was a babyface last week, a pseudo-babyface Monday, and a heel tonight. So he's, he's your utility guy
0: seems that way for now i mean but you know that said though this audience certainly i think is ready for a babyface turn um joe comes on screen and and it's just immediately cheers and i think everybody just he's the guy you certainly love to hate but just you know everybody's ready for him to like to to just kind of be that badass babyface the same type of push that kevin owens has been getting and then we went to the room did this get a big reaction Well, let me just tell you, we were coming back from Sarah Schreiber and the audience who uh, conducted an impromptu dance break. Oh. And it was just like, you know, fan cam segment, cutting to everybody. Uh, Mostly kids, but a lot of adults, too, just doing their their best. uh, Well, doing a dance. Um, But fun, you know, keeping up the energy during
1: commercials. And then we come back to the room. Oh, I was thinking maybe Alistair off-camera was participating. Ooh. <clears throat> I wonder who's got a debt to pay. I wonder who will pay the boatman's toll and look their inner demons in their eyes and say, I am done. <laughs> For we all must pay a debt and mine shall be paid in my self-inflicted anguish anguish for such is my burden for such is my sin but in due time i shall find an end for any member of the locker room and myself for all they have to do is knock 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 (laughs) it was more like john though
0: knock knock (laughs) knock And like, oh. man, like, I mean, I think really, I I cannot picture Paul Heyman's voice like not being attached to this now, down to like you know, Brock instead. Uh, oh god! And now you got knock. Like, it's 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 such a Heymanism that it's, to me still sounds really awkward coming out of Tommy End. Um, but I guess it's something unique for him. Listen, like he 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 wrestles the way he does, and he's still like it
1: doesn't matter how he speaks, really. It's interesting to watch the contrast. It's, it's a weird one between Aleister Black and Bray Wyatt in that they're these characters and they are not making them wrestle on television. It's, it's very rare when, I mean, they used Black last week, but it really seems like they want to get these two over as their characters doing promos, doing the vignettes that Bray does and trying to keep their matches um, spread out and special.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's intentional? I feel like it's intentional with, with Bray Wyatt, or or maybe is it? Uh, or maybe is it just a case of them, like,
1: mm, maybe... I, I, I think with Black see? it is, too. Like, Black and Zayn, that was to be SummerSlam, and it was just kind of a last-minute deal that they decided to put it on TV. So I don't think they're going out of their way to put him on TV, or else you'd be seeing him in more matches. I mean, he's done no television matches, with the exception of the Zayn one, since um they did the tag stuff earlier this year like since the the room stuff it's it's just been promos
0: mm mm-hmm. yeah
1: i think it's it's the right call you know
0: both of those guys feel very special at least when they get in the ring
1: buddy murphy versus roman reigns this one starts off with murphy landing a flying knee and then stomps down reigns and the crowd seemed to get into buddy murphy at the beginning
0: you know i would say it was like it felt like a real 60 40 crowd for roman um and Murphy is very exciting to launch.
1: Reigns then launches Murphy over the announcer's desk and then misses the drive-by and gets shoved into the steps. Murphy comes off the steps with a double knees, and then we go to commercial. Were there any highlights during the commercial, way. Yeah, yeah, John. Uh, listen, let me just say, like, the, the beginning of the commercial, all that stuff
0: was great. Like, uh, Buddy Murphy is awesome. The commercial break. I saw a fucking three-minute chin lock dude oh my god they did he did not move at all like i mean maybe from one type of chin lock to another chin lock but this entire three minute stretch to me was like and it was like longer than the actual match by this point more than half of this match by this point was just rest hold so um you definitely and i saw the reaction to this online afterwards um everybody seemed to man what am i one of my twitter trends okay this is ridiculous i don't know how how this happened but okay so, you know, like, uh, on Twitter, when, when you go to, like, uh, when you click on... Let me just bring up Twitter right now. When you go to... Um, like, when you click the little magnifying glass. Yep. Like, one of the, the I guess, headlines <laughs> that came out for wrestling was... Roman Reigns versus Buddy Murphy was a WWE Match of the Year contender.
1: Huh? I mean... Listen. I, I watched it without the commercial. I... You know, I I think it was a it was a good match, but that's a little crazy. Well, I I mean, again, I just could just was my experience that different because
0: like I was reading through like some of the responses and oh, some fans were saying that, and I I don't know, maybe it's just because I just watched the G one, and so no, it's a ridiculous the, statement man, regardless. But see, like I, I it took me out certainly, you know, half this match for me was just like Buddy Murphy holding Roman Reigns' head, so. um I think you've got the way better version.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely did. Um, Reigns uh, lifted and slammed him, set up for the Superman punch, but then uh, Murphy ducked and Reigns ended up on the floor where he took a Topikon Hero and then a Meteora in the ring for a two count. There's a super kick delivered to Reigns. He bounces off the ropes and bounces back with the Superman punch for a two sets up for the spear, but gets stopped with a series of knees and a brain buster for a two count. And then there's a Superman punch on the floor coming off the steps in the ring. Reigns hits the spear and and wins the match. Uh, Commercial uh, notwithstanding uh, this came off really well on TV. Um, Reigns got the win and it's, you know, it gave buddy Murphy something too. like Reigns gave him a lot and the announcers did a, a pretty good job of, Trying to position Buddy Murphy as really taking it to rants. It's a match I'm
0: really interested to see back on TV uh, because I saw like a lot of re- really respected voices, you know, really kind of talk, talk about this match and, and what a great performance it was for Buddy Murphy, too. So I certainly don't doubt that. Um, and I'm sure like certain things like maybe Roman selling and his facial ex- expressions might have been lost on me watching live. So uh, I'm willing to give it another chance. I thought, you know, I really I thought they gave Buddy Murphy way more than I I, I really thought they were going to. Um, even just, uh, doing the Kamigoye and the, and the Brain Buster, uh, for a near-for-all, I thought, was really good. So, uh, where do you Do, do you think
1: that this should have been on SummerSlam?
0: No. Because I think on that card, it really wouldn't have meant all that much coming out of it. Um, I don't know if they would have had the amount of time that this would have had. Um, I don't necessarily think it would have been more important had it been on SummerSlam.
1: Yeah, I think it's debatable. I think it's, um... I don't think this will be remembered because it was on TV. I, but it wouldn't don't. have been remembered on SummerSlam either. Either I don't, I don't think. Yeah, it's a. It. I'm not complaining about SummerSlam having one match less. I don't think Roman Reigns needed to be on that show. It's not like this is the pay per view era where you need to get all your biggest stars. And it was a sold out show. Like really, there there wasn't a strong business reason for Roman Reigns to be on that show or not. So. And what would I, you I have done on kind of spreading you, it out?
0: And what would you have done on TV instead?
1: I mean, any any other number of things, right? But why not? Yeah, put you, on you just TV? would have had another match in this in, in its place here on, on this show. I mean, you have endless amounts of guys. It's just filling in a match, and then Reigns does his whole mystery thing on this show.
0: But why not put something of actual interest with following up with the storyline on TV instead? I don't think that show was really missing Reigns at all, SummerSlam.
1: Caleb Braxton was with The Revival, and The Revival say that they were attacked by a mob of mindless morons on Raw and somehow became the first co-champions of the 24-7 title, but said that it's a slap in the face to the tag division and said that The New Day are ruining the tag division and bring up that The New Day have never beaten The Revival, and they will show The New Day the meaning of a punchline. Yes, yes, as they put their fists up. Scott Dawson was really proud of that one. New Day, they were with uh, Kayla Braxton, and they were consoling Xavier Woods because he was not named as a participant in the King of the Ring, which I guess he really wanted to be. Kayla asks them about the reaction to the comments from the revival that they're ruining the tag division, and they said they've ruined several things in their lives, including their dinner, they ruined Christmas one year, and then Biggie mentions coming across an adult circumcision.
0: 'cause it' cause it rhymes with
1: decision, was that it? Was that the joke? uh baby Biggie mentions the low down scheming Randy Horton, and then Kofi goes over his attack on Randy, defending it because Orton, with all his maniacal nicknames, looked at his family, and that was enough. He doesn't regret what he did to him mm-hmm. it. I mean I think a,
0: a backstage segment like this is really interesting especially coming off of you know the Kofi's stupid chance in front of this very same crowd on Sunday like was are they are they going to try to make the same attempts to turn this crowd and and you know um get them on Kofi's side the way that they've been trying with Seth Rollins by having him uh you know be next to uh Bret Hart and having Steve Austin really uh, put him over um to me they kind of doubled down on I think what the audience has grown really tired up with Kofi Kingston and that's this type of like, you know, juvenile new day comedy, which I, I I sense is getting a little bit tiring and maybe not as becoming of somebody who is involved in like a really heated feud like like, you know, Kofi Kingston is against Randy Orton right now. Um, So maybe this like I just kinda, I'm trying to try to think out loud because certainly the, the end of this show. I feel was designed to capitalize on that negative reaction to Kofi
1: Kingston and the positive reaction instead to to Randy Orton from Toronto. I really... I'll be interested to see if the Kofi stuff... Really, I, I didn't even notice it as much tonight. It was more so just SummerSlam with the chance. I really don't think they're going to carry over to other cities. I think it was kind of just a one-off at SummerSlam. Um, but we'll see. Uh, sometimes it's a lot of copycats when you see... Um, Kind of a trend form and suddenly it becomes this is the baby face taboo um but there, i just don't see kofi being that guy
0: i do feel like there is something to address though with kofi kingston that's not working like he does not have that edge
1: right now no he no he doesn't yeah um maybe he needs to be more of an everyman we need to know his financial status yeah yeah more more relatable Then we had uh, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, and they brought out Elias as the enforcer referee, so he did not have the night off. Quick commercial break immediately. Uh, Joe was in control here until Owens came back with a a senton. Joe ends up uh, taking the swanton for a two-count, and then the stunner gets blocked. Joe goes for the coquina clutch. Owens rolls him off, and then hits Joe with a sit-out powerbomb after catching him, but the referee can't count three because Elias pulls him to the floor, and as Owens turns around, Joe does the schoolboy roll-up, and Elias comes in and fast counts Owens. So Owens loses.
0: I mean, funny, you know, I think... I think you would have expected it. Um, Certainly meant to carry the angle and continue building heat. Um, I I think I I half-expected Kevin Owens... Storming to the back to get revenge um and i I think I had hoped to see him get that revenge by the end of this show, but instead he just unfortunately leaves the building and this show um despite being the hottest guy in the in the in the in the arena on this
1: particular program kind of kind of looked like a goof here i you know from if you take me back to the start of this show and the reaction that Kevin Owens got and then you asked me. Okay, what should we do with Owens for the next two hours? This stuff would not be what I came up with. No. I didn't I... think they really treated this guy, who this audience loved. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think this was the best utilization of this emerging top babyface star coming off of that win over Shane, of how I w- would have utilized him in, in a rare instance in his home country where the guy was as over as anyone on this show tonight.
0: I think it's it, it would have been fine to even like do a segment like this, but I think... To close the show, I would have loved to have seen Owens get his revenge
1: at least, uh, to, to in
0: some way to end it.
1: After that, it was uh, Reigns going uh, f- first. Brian and Rowan enter the locker room, they kick everyone out except for Buddy Murphy. It's uh it's the repeat of last week, and they corner Buddy, they know he lied. And they want Murphy to admit he lied. And Daniel Bryan, I will not be able to do it justice recapping this. Daniel Bryan, oh. WWE may not be getting an Emmy. Maybe Daniel Bryan will get into the running for an Emmy. Uh, he is yeah. screaming in Buddy's face. He was outstanding.
0: Really? He outstanding. was so good here. As an actor, like, I mean, I think I always like felt like he was a decent promo, but I never expected him to be, like, a great actor. Certainly not really as a heel, but he gets so into character. That it just, oh, and, like, the 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 little video package that they showed recapping everything, too, like, it also gave a chance to, to, for us to see, for most of us who don't follow WWE.com exclusive videos all the time, his great promo, like, that he cut backstage either at SummerSlam or last week on SmackDown where he brought up all that stuff about, about being accused uh, and misinformation against, you know, social media. So he's just been so great.
1: He is just screaming at Buddy, and then uh, they just want Murphy to admit it. Rowan headbutts him and attacks him. Brian says, when you've done something wrong, you need to admit you've been wrong. And Murphy finally yells, okay. And Brian makes him scream that he lied. So Buddy Murphy does. And, man, Buddy Murphy just uh, got completely owned here by Brian and Rowan. And then Brian yells that he hates liars, and Rowan continues to beat the shit out of him. This was intense, man. This was almost like a Tarantino scene. You know,
0: yeah, they were about WWE. to cut his ear off. Yeah. Um, at least Buddy Murphy's getting on TV. Huh?
1: Yeah. I mean, huh. I didn't. I didn't know what the feeling was supposed to be after the Reigns match. Like, is Buddy Murphy going to be like the, this baby because he he really brought the fight to Reigns? Because. I mean, in the face of opposition, this man kind of cowered here with these two, but I don't think Buddy Murphy... This is not the program to make Buddy Murphy. He really is just a side piece to facilitate Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. Right, yeah. But this was an... Uh, I, if if you missed this, this was a great segment because of Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. He was all involved in, in the Dark Match main event, by the way,
0: with uh, Eric and Rowan taking on heavy machinery, which... Um, I did not catch, unfortunately, but
1: I'm sure it was great. Uh, Reigns was then looking for Brian and Rowan and that was how we would close out the show. Uh, but first we have new day coming out. They recap SummerSlam and then Randy Orton comes out and he says that Kofi Kingston can't beat him. He couldn't beat him 11 years ago and you still aren't ready. And you ran away from a fight on Sunday in front of your wife and children. And one day they're going to ask dad why he took the easy way out and was scared. And Kofi is going to have to tell them that their dad just couldn't beat Randy Orton. And Randy suggests that tonight we make it a six man tag with Randy joining the revival and Kofi joining Biggie and Xavier Woods. And that would become our main event. Man, like this promo, I thought, again, uh, was also
0: excellent. Uh, Randy was fantastic here. I I love that he got into great detail about Kofi's future conversation with his son, uh, talking about how, how he, <laughs> how his uh, asking how his father left uh, the match at SummerSlam twenty nine nineteen. <laughs> great, uh, but you know him like coming out here having a very cutting a very entertaining promo, and then suggesting that he and Kofi Kingston get involved in the main event elicited nothing but cheers from this audience. So he did nothing here but sound cool and make sense because he's right. The WWE champion did kind of ca- coward, cowardly escape, um, you know, uh, 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 the the championship match with with the title intact. So, well, they got ca- they both got counted out. Well, yes, I know, but to me, hardly the way I think a a, a great champion should leave SummerSlam defending a title. I'm j- it's more of a criticism of of the booking, like it did not make. Kofi Kingston to me look heroic, like to to leave SummerSlam in that fashion. Anyway, I, I all I'm trying to say is I did not get one sense that this was a way to like make Kofi, Randy Orton feel like a heel to Toronto. This just made Toronto like Randy Orton more.
1: Yeah, I I saw what they were trying to do here. Um, like Tor- I, 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 I like the promo. Likes, Toronto likes cool
0: heels, I suppose, and Randy Orton was every bit the cool heel here. Yeah, I mean,
1: it was uh, yeah, certainly this promo it it definitely clicked with the audience and the feud's obviously continuing and I, and I think it should. I think that this this could be a, a really good program for Kofi and I, I think having that kind of more personal grudge and yeah. this feels like it's building up to Kofi's eventual win over Randy. I, I think I hope it just builds to Kofi, like
0: really getting to that next level, like the the next level of like aggression, not throwing the pancakes, the, the serious edge to Kofi that I think I've been wanting to see for a long time now. I mean, I was hoping a loss to Randy Orton at SummerSlam would have kind of get, kicked that into gear. Instead, we got got this double count out thing and very much the same Kofi had, that has not seemed to evolve this personality at all.
1: It seems to be almost like a statement that they're trying to make that it's. He's the world champion but he's not changing anything that was the the character that that largely got him here and I think you can certainly look at that like it's he hasn't dropped anything. Yeah. So the six-man tag it started with Orton and Kofi but Orton immediately tagged out to Dawson and Dawson comes in and then they proceeded to attack Xavier Woods' left arm. I believe they got the heat on Xavier Woods for an entire Another edition of SmackDown. Was there... There was a commercial break. T- yeah, there was a commercial break through this one, too. You could tell there, live... They went through the commercial break, and when they came back, they were still working on the guy's arm.
0: Yeah, you could tell live because the, the WWE logo, the bug is off the, the
1: screen. They return from break. Uh, he's suplexed away. They're cutting the ring in, in half. Woods finally gets to the corner after Dawson runs into the corner, and Biggie is tagged, and he does his big belly-to-belly suplex comeback spot. They teased the big ending, but it gets stopped with a double team DDT by the Revival. Kingston then came off the top with a high cross to both. Sets up for the boom drop and then, or for the uh, the Trouble in Paradise, and is stopped uh, by Orton, who goes to the floor, and Kofi hits the trust fall, taking out Randy. Woods then fights back. I couldn't keep it straight. Who was the legal man in all of this? It just seemed like it was a, a lucha tag here. And he gets hit with the shatter machine, and Dawson pins Woods. Hmm. Yeah, um, crowd reacted really big, uh,
0: oh, sorry. Yeah, then we had the post-match. They reacted they, really big for the post-match. Um, the match itself was, uh, I'm sure it was fine on TV. To me, again, it was just kind of like... But to be quiet. honest,
1: wait, the commercial felt like it was so long. Like, it was yeah. such a long break, Well, just commercial. imagine
0: the commercial, but instead of, like, incredible action, what you're seeing just, like, really boring heat spots, and that's what, like, these TV tapings ha- have... It like yep. feels like to me the goal of like these matches is to have exciting wrestling and then with the heels in control do as little as humanly possible to conserve them their energy so that they can come back to, t- to TV and the effect on the audience is that it just bores a shit out of out of me you know um, but maybe for for your average uh, fan it it doesn't have the same effect maybe I'm 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 an elitist everybody. I'm a miserable wrestling critic elitist who just does not get excited by, by long headlocks. But anyway,
1: um, please continue. Afterwards, they attacked Big E. Kingston then fought off the revival, but then got hit with an RKO. Orton then takes Xavier Woods. He hits him with the RKO, allowing Corey Graves to identify it by Way's favorite moniker, the three most destructive letters in sports entertainment. And then he hits an RKO to Big E, and then another RKO to Kofi Kingston as the new day was left laying. Yeah,
0: yeah, crowd loved it. Especially the, I think it was a a, a woman behind me who was just screaming at the top of her lungs every time one of these RKOs were hit, like, like right into my ear, which oh. <laughs> which is the worst, but. Uh, I don't mind it at all. I can't get mad at that. She was so into this and Randy Orton, at least seemingly to me felt like the biggest baby face, at least coming out of this segment. You know, I wouldn't say he was more popular than Kevin Owens, but every time he hit one of those RKO's, I'm sure they knew what
1: they were doing. They were eliciting a big baby face reaction. And then the show ended with Roman Reigns confronting Daniel Bryan and Rowan in the locker room. Uh, Brian and Rowan want an apology from Reigns, just like Samoa Joe received last week. And uh, Brian... We didn't see any of this, by the way. Oh, no? I didn't even...
0: I, I Like, we went right right from that angle to 205 Live. Wow. Or, sorry, okay. like the, the
1: end of the Orton thing to 205 Live. Interesting, because this is how the show ended. So, so tell me. I don't even know what happened. So, okay, so Brian and Rowan, they want an apology, mentioning how Reigns apologized to Samoa Joe last week. And then Brian says they've conducted their own investigation... And they found out who attacked Roman Reigns. And okay. next and next week, they will bring the culprit to Roman Reigns. Very interesting. All right. I really like this ending. I like the fact that we had a cliffhanger to end the show. Roman didn't say one word. He just stared at them uh, with this blank stare on his face. So, I, I like this. I don't think that WWE d- does enough of this where you go off the air and you are presented a question where, in theory, you'll get the answer and a reason to tune in next week. So, I, I like the ending. I'm intrigued. Did Brian also say that he will reveal the the culprit as well as a special announcement? Maybe that was a special announcement. Uh, maybe it was. The announcement, I think, has been um, unannounced officially. Okay. Right. Um. I was just going to quickly go through 205 Live here. Yes. I'm not going to go into Please. super uh, detail here. I but...
0: really wish I could have stayed, but um, the people I were with had to be at work early tomorrow. So,
1: Well, this, we this had uh, Vic Joseph, Nigel McGuinness, and Aiden English, as always, calling the show. First, it was Akira Tozawa with Brian Kendrick in his corner, taking on Jack Gallagher. Um, They, they had a fine match together. Um, Just, again, I, I don't want to be a broken record, but like the lack of heat, it... Obviously, it's going to hurt these matches, but it was a fine match. Gallagher had uh, Tozawa lifted up kind of in like the vertebrae setup, but then ran Tozawa into the corner. And Tozawa then dropped Gallagher, set him up in the corner, and he came off the top with his big senton. Now, the finish was kind of interesting. Like, we've seen the foot on the bottom rope spot a million times. It's pretty passe at this point, but it was kind of cool what they did here. So, he hits the senton. And he goes to cover Gallagher. The referee's on the other side. And at the count of one, Gallagher gets his foot on the rope. But at the same time, Brian Kendrick is slapping the mat, cheering on Tozawa. So as he's slapping the mat, his hand inadvertently knocks the foot off the rope. And Kendrick is just... You have to see it. It came off fine. It didn't look silly, even though it could sound really contrived. And... Kendrick is just still cheering. So it's as like he has plausible deniability that he wasn't trying to do anything, but it knocked Gallagher's foot off the rope. And therefore, the three count was registered and Tozawa won, despite Gallagher having the foot on the rope. Okay. Um, Do you believe this? (laughs) I'm not saying it's the most creative finish, but at least it was a little different than, you know, the heel tactic of just knocking it off the bottom rope. Gotcha, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm not saying you have to watch this. I'm just saying it was I, I thought it was like it was it was a little bit clever. Uh they were building up the main event on this show was gonna be a rematch between Oni Lorkin and Drew Gulak. I don't know why Oni Lorkin is getting a rematch for the title, but he is. And they were explaining how Oni Lorkin was struck in the throat by Drew Gulak on the kickoff show, so he's going into this of course with the the injured throat. Six-man tag, it was the Sings and Aria Davari taking on Humberto Carrillo, Callisto, and Lince Dorado. And move aside, Roman Reigns, we have another mystery attacker because earlier in the day, Grand Metalik was taken out by somebody in a hallway, and when Callisto and Lince Dorado came to find Grand Metalik, there was Humberto Carrillo who had found Grand Metalik and was trying to explain that he had been attacked and he just found him, and Carrillo ended up as their... Uh, as the replacement for Grand Metalik, but the Lucha House Party are a bit suspicious of Carrillo. So we have two attackers at large. Way,
0: Maybe it's the same person. Maybe Humberto Carrillo is, is behind this Roman Reigns attack.
1: Could be. It Could be. Um, so, Kalisto looked really good in this match. Um, at one point, he grabbed a grip of Sunil and walked on the top rope and then got knocked off balance and he just crashed. And during the replay, Vic Joseph, like, without, like, uh, without taking a breath he just casually mentions how kalisto was in the midst of doing good lucha things and then got dropped by uh by sunil really uh, should be the name of his finish good lucha things i think he could get away with it Vic joseph is a very underrated play-by-play guy i i, I like him mm, yeah he's uh you know just very good quality announcer uh they came in. There was a lot of like flying spots here. Kalisto took out Davari with the Salida del Sol. Then there were uh, double super kicks and a pair of dives by Carrillo and Lince Dorado in tandem. And then it was Carrillo in with Sunil. He hit a missile drop kick and twisting splash, but Dorado made the blind tag, hit a shooting star, and he got the pin on Sunil. So the three reluctantly celebrated the win, but. They were teasing like issues like Calisto and Dorado did not trust Humberto Carrillo, who has a great look. He's a really good talent. And I can see this guy certainly being elevated beyond just two oh five live. He seems to have uh, everything that they they look for in stars. And then Drew Gulak cut a promo. It is his battlefield here on 205 Live, and he's been battling all the ghosts from his past, and the latest one is Oni Lorkin. So that was our main event. They got 15 and a half minutes. They worked a hell of a match here. Unfortunately, the crowd was just not into this at all. Um, Gulak got hit with a half-and-half half suplex uh, early on, and then Lorkin hit a somersault to the floor off the turnbuckle. Then they did... Um, Lorkin got thrown into the side of the desk, throat first, to play off the injury from Sunday. So he's gasping for air and just beats the count to get into the ring. Uh, they traded gigantic lariats on one another, and then it was Gulak working the throat with uh, his choke that he applied. Lorkin fired back, and this guy has tremendous fire. It was just sad to see the audience like not really uh, get behind it all that much. Lorcan went for a half and half suplex off the top and hit it, but rotated Gulak enough that he's not taking this thing on his neck or anything. And then Lorkin is killing him with slaps when Gulak rolls him out of the corner like an O'Connor roll, but turns it into the Gulak. And Lorkin does not tap out, but he goes out cold at 1530. So Drew Gulak retains the Cruiserweight title. I'm sure this was the match they wanted to have at SummerSlam. At least they got to do it. Unfortunately, it was just not a very hot crowd, but it was a really good match that these two had to uh, cap off the show. How much time? 15.30 they went. Okay. So it was was a good amount of time um, that they had. So it was like double what they got at SummerSlam. So that was 205 Live. Uh, Decent show, fun main event, but yeah, lack of crowd did affect the matches. Well, honestly, like after seeing, I think, this show, I... Uh, You you can understand sort of like if why they put this at the end, you sit, you sit through two hours and there's all these starts and stops. It, it wears on people. And then you get to two Oh five live at the end where you don't have these breaks. But by that point, this crowd's spent and I don't always blame the crowd. It's, it's sometimes tough. And what you described tonight, I haven't gone to a SmackDown taping in a while, but you're not describing the most, you're not selling me on going to it next time.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I, I would second-guess it.
1: What, I what think, did those you were with think? Because they were first-time uh, attendees. They were pretty
0: underwhelmed. Um, but the, I, I don't think they, any of us really speak for everybody. I saw plenty of people having a great time around me. So, um, you know, maybe people just look for different things.
1: All right, let's wrap up the show with some feedback. Uh, Tonight's show got a 6.75 on the forum, so Rob beat it out this week. But a good rating, too. A good ranking. Paul from New Jersey writes, I figured the Shane-Kevin Owens feud was going to continue after SummerSlam, but could we have had one week without Shane? He was awful on the show, a complete drone. Charlotte and Ember was solid, and Murphy Reigns was excellent. We've seen a bunch of really good TV matches over the last few weeks. Seems to be more of a focus on in-ring storytelling, which has made the shows a lot better. Good promo from The Revival. Alistair Black is total comedy. Six adult circumcisions out of ten. All right.
0: We got a Lara from Vancouver, who I actually ran into on my way out of the arena. He, she says, Way, it was cool running into you at the show. Thanks for saying hi. SmackDown followed the same successful formula Raw had. A deeper emphasis on in-ring work with some angles mixed in. Both Buddy Roman and Ember And Charlotte were SummerSlam quality. Daniel Bryan as eco Don Corleone is just a treat to watch. Hope this is a sign of change from a live perspective. I had a great time. Plus, as I type this, 205 Live is on, and the main event is Oni Lorcan versus Drew Gulak in a title rematch, which is a as a huge Gulak fan is worth the price of admission alone.
1: All right, Rich from England, now in Toronto. Enjoyed Charlotte and Ember. Thought Buddy Murphy looked strong, but was hard to buy him beating Roman Reigns. Samoa Joe was finally on the winning end of a surprise roll-up. Has anyone checked if the car that tried to hit Roman was an electric or at least a hybrid? A perfect alibi for Daniel Bryan. After attending all four nights at the Sasha Banks Arena, I thought the crowd seemed relatively flat most of the time. Could have been the sections I was in. Also, with the lack of an NXT sellout, do you think the WWE will be rushing back for another pay-per-view weekend anytime soon? Uh, any... Also got to meet us on Sunday at the show. Um Yeah, I would say that Toronto, um I don't, I don't think that Toronto would be high on my list for uh, doing one of these four nights again. I think that it's, um you know, it was, you had the really hot ticket with SummerSlam and then you had three other shows. And uh this was certainly not Brooklyn. And I can understand why they might not do four nights here anytime soon
0: yeah yeah i i would say probably not if you're toronto i can't imagine you or sorry if you're the wwe i i can't really imagine them looking at i mean i got into smackdown for like twenty dollars american before service charge so after that it was about thirty dollars canadian per ticket i got into that one for like i had like 132 dollars disca- uh tickets discounted to about twenty dollars each so i i mean i can't imagine they'd be very happy with something like that um that said, I, I wonder how much of it is just maybe fatigue with WWE itself. Like I'm really curious to know how an AEW would do in the same city. Granted, like if it's a one night versus a four night thing, it might not even be a fair like it might be more of an apples to oranges comparison. Um but I don't know. Honestly, for me, I kind of blame burnout on WWE product as much as anything for the lack of success this weekend.
1: Yeah, there's something to that. I think if WWE came back here with a pay-per-view, I would have no issue. I, I think they'd fill like a one-night
0: one pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying the four nights. There, there aren't a ton of cities that I would say would be great candidates to do. Like, it's a big ask to do that for uh, a city, to do four nights in a row. And, you know, it seemed like Raw and NXT had had good attendance, um, maybe even very good. And SummerSlam was, you know, a legit sellout. So, um SmackDown, it's, you know, you you knew what it was going to be going in. And there's, there's some markets that can sustain it. I think uh, Boston is probably uh, a better setup for next year to do this. Yeah, maybe. Jay from Colorado. Towards the end of tonight's show, they advertised that Raw would be returning to Denver on Monday, October the 14th. And the match they advertised to draw people in is Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. I know the card is subject to change, but good God, I hope that's not the main event program for Raw in a couple of months. I... You should never take those long and advanced advertised matches as any kind of gospel. Are you kidding me? They don't even know what the main event is, like, for
0: this episode tonight, I bet, until, like, the the, the beginning of the show. So uh, I think these
1: are more just, like, dark matches. At best, they're dark matches. And it's usually—it's just to put something out there. It's—yeah, it's like—when you see this stuff advertised months out, it's like, don't—don't put too much stock into it. It's— (laughs) <laughs> they 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 do not know what's going to be featured on Monday, October the 14th, as we speak now on August 14th. Uh, finally, we go to Jesse from The Six, who says,
0: What, if anything, does the poor attendance of wrestling shows this past week in Toronto mean? WWE only sold out SummerSlam, I believe, and even then, there were thousands of tickets for it available on StubHub on Sunday. ROH also drew poorly, and I'm not sure about the indie shows. Add to that the quiet and unenthused crowds, and what does it all mean? Is Toronto no longer a wrestling city, or should we expect to see similarly dismal crowds for big events if WWE continues their lackluster storytelling? On a side note, I'd like to thank both of you for the events you hosted this past weekend, as well as Brayden and Davey. Post Wrestling has fostered a wonderful community where we can all share our passions for this strange form of entertainment. I spent decades looking for a friend who also liked wrestling, and now I have a whole community of postmarks to interact with, and it's great. Shout-outs to all the fantastic folks I met this weekend from the indomitable WH Park to listeners like Shannon from Scarborough, Rob, Chris Angler, Laura from Vancouver, and a mysterious and enigmatic figure who said he was from New Jersey. Mm. Take care. Wonderfully said, W. Uh, uh, Jesse from the 6th. We completely echo your sentiments. Um, John, any thoughts on his question? Is Toronto – what does this mean this
1: weekend? Yeah, I – in terms of, uh, like, I'll go in sections here. The WWE, like, this was not a bad weekend for them. They did tremendous at SummerSlam. Raw had, like, a really good attendance. I, I heard, like, one estimate, and it might have even been more than that. Um, I don't know what the exact figure was for NXT, but it wasn't It wasn't awful. Like, these weren't home runs. Don't get me wrong. SummerSlam was, but the others uh, were not. So this, this wasn't terrible. ROH, I think that's way more indicative of the product. And with the indie shows, it didn't shock me. I didn't think that this was going to be a weekend with tons of travelers. And to make those worthwhile, you need to be able to draw from them. That said, um, you know, like the the women's show, the summit on Saturday morning, that did about three hundred and fifty paid. I was told, which is like you, it sounds like a low number, but wait, we were at that venue that place wasn't going to be drawing 500 people like you couldn't fit 500 people in there oh, wow. so i feel like that i mean 350 sounds to me like it's it's a near capacity like for that building like yeah. that was one of the best uh attendances i've heard from the from the the series of shows at the met i believe there were nine of them that was one of the best so like yes it sounds like a low number but that venue was not going to be holding 500 people there was no way so that's kind of what they were scaled for. And some of them had very expensive ticket prices too. So what you lacked in numbers, um, I'm sure some of the gates were not bad, given that I I was looking at some like front row seats were like $90. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so I I don't look at this, you know, if people were, if promoters were going into this expecting like a mini WrestleMania, I I, like, that was not it. It was, I, I didn't just the local market like there is there's is a ceiling to it if you are a local independent group like this is not a city that draws a thousand people to indie shows it's you know you you aim for like 300 that's kind of the benchmark you look for um i think i think that- we should we should all-
0: sort of cut you off um, no that's that's all go ahead i think we should also maybe introduce the idea that you know SummerSlam might have something to do with it too like if if it was a wrestlemania coming to the city or maybe the oh, world totally world different to the city it, i think it would be yeah it would be a different scenario um, maybe you're only talking about a select number of cities that could support the hype, I guess, you know, to, to kind of like, of uh, to, to support the, to fill shoulder programming coming off of really what is the third biggest pay-per-view now in the WWE's calendar year in SummerSlam. Um, so... I think that has something to do with it too, you know.
1: I I think honestly, I th- I thought Brooklyn was a perfect spot for the SummerSlam week. Like that's a fantastic market. They get so much media attention there. Uh but that all got thrown up when they did WrestleMania this year in that market and then they moved they moved it away from Brooklyn this year, but next year it's Boston and that'll be a test too. Yeah, Boston'll be a test too. It's so yeah, I, I think it's a mixed bag of what you can look back at at this past week. But it's it's also it, it's not like um, the indie shows, for instance. It was like some shows definitely got hurt because there was just too much and there was not enough fans to spread them around. But if you're looking at like the series of shows at the Met, I mean, they were going into this like they they weren't prepared to be drawing a thousand people or anything like that. And with ROH, I, I think it's very indicative of kind of that. To their defense, it was a great show. I really enjoyed that show, but I think the amount of people there that that tells you where the interest level is for Ring of Honor right now, and it, it's dropped. Like, there's no debating that. Uh, great question, though. So, thank you, Jesse, from the six, and I believe that's going to bring an end to rewind to SmackDown and conclude our SummerSlam week coverage. Ooh, have we reached the finish line? I think we're we we have just surpassed it. Way. We got our Q and a show coming out tomorrow and way. And I can try and get back to our normal lives.
0: Well, it's, it's been uh, a really eventful, like several days covering all this stuff. Um, but we've made it, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, you've all enjoyed the content. Thank you everybody with that. We saw and met this weekend. Uh, I, I would love to do like another, something like, you know, what we did like with between all of us, uh, Meeting people throughout the entire week, if if at all possible, you know, obviously being Toronto, like it made it so easy, um, or at least easier. I don't want to say so easy, but easier. But um, you know, between like Brayden and Davey doing the the up next thing, and then us doing something before SummerSlam, and then us having something for Raw, even it it was awesome. Uh, so hopefully there's a chance to do something like that again.
1: Yeah, um, I had so much fun this past weekend, and it was more so than just uh. Going to these shows, it was all the people that I got to see, whether it was uh, new people, new listeners, or getting to reconnect with people that I haven't seen in, in a long time. That, to me, was my favorite part of this weekend. I, I had so much fun this past weekend, so it was great to meet uh, so many people, and somehow we survived it all. But it was, it was a lot of great stuff just spread out over uh, many, many hours. So big question is, John, wh- how will you be spending your day tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow is my day to hang out with uh with Max, so that's that's my day tomorrow.
0: And I'm sure you'll be catching up on all the other wrestling, all the 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 all, the, all Japan. Um, what do they got going on? Is there uh, some tournament that they?
1: Uh, not right now. I mean, there's uh there is some outstanding All Japan stuff. I I've got to watch UFC 189 at some point by uh by Friday. So oh, I should do that I, too. That's uh. That'll be – I'll probably have to watch that, like, late Wednesday night or something like that. So, But at least that's a good card to go back and watch. Yeah. So that is uh, when Wayne and I will be reviewing on Friday. So uh, once again, no Cafe Hangout Thursday, uh, but we will have the Q&A out Wednesday for patrons. Thursday, the interview with Daryl Sharma, as well as Up Next coming out. So lots of stuff over the next couple of days.
0: Yeah, and one quick plug. uh, I recently recorded an interview with – uh, a couple list, uh a listener of ours uh, who who does a podcast um, talking to I guess uh, immigrants into Canada uh, and it's called the immigrant hustle podcast and it's just really like a conversation that I had with these guys uh, talking about maybe you know just I guess some of the um, my experiences uh, growing up as a uh, as an immigrant in Canada and getting into podcasting and covering professional wrestling for a living so I I, I love the conversation. I love talking to these two. So it's called the Immigrant Hustle Podcast, and that is available on Thursday. I'll probably be tweeting about it, so just look out for it then or subscribe to them. The Imm- Immigrant Hustle Podcast.
1: Fantastic. And um, that reminds me as well. Wednesday on the site, uh, I'm going to have an interview up with uh, the... Uh, promoter, co-promoter, and booker of a uh, C4 Wrestling. They're a company out of Ottawa, Ontario, and uh, the promoter's name is Mark uh, Paulacel. And this Friday, they're doing their annual uh, Fighting Back show. And what they do is they run this uh, they run this benefit show, and a hundred percent of the proceeds go to the Canadian Cancer Society. And this year, they've got Cody Rhodes on the show. They've got Dark Order working the show. MJF. Joey Janela uh it's a really great cause and we talk about uh his whole history uh how he got into wrestling promoting these shows and a hilarious story about writing a letter to the WWF and getting a response from Vince McMahon so uh that's uh it's just a Q&A that we'll have up on the site on Wednesday if you want to check that out so that is it goodbye everyone and thank you for listening